Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Well, happy Wild Card Weekend to you. It's ESPN 1000. I'm Mark Zander, joined by Brian Hanley this morning for a couple hours. Here to Middle talk name with you. Meatball. Um, Middle name Meatball. That's me. That You, you know, I saw that. Is that a uh, your foreshadowing today? I, you know, I'm sorry. Even Ted Phillips could uh, watch that game last night and be impressed by Brian Dable's offense. Do you think so, though? Really? Oh, look, I, on Twitter, people are already saying that's a spicy meatball, hard pass, don't give me a hot coordinator. Yeah, I saw I that. tweeted out, look, you know, God bless the Bears are interviewing Brian Dable today, this morning. Right. And uh, after that little uh, showing last night, what, I mean, you talk I mean, about offensive does dominance. He, does not, he, that, not that the Bills' defense did anything to embarrass. I mean, they right. were awfully good, too. So Leslie Frazier is going to have a nice interview tomorrow, I guess, with the Bears. Hey, look, I, I don't think either one really need a formal interview after last night. Well, I, I tweet out, I, my, the meatball in me would have had a contract with his name on it. As soon as you, you know, if the, it's via Zoom, I hold it up. Hey, here, Brian, just uh, can you docu-sign this and we'll just call it a day? I, actually, I saw Sylvie last night write, okay, uh, is something to the effect of, okay, yeah, we'll interview him. Can we have you do a uh, mock press conference, too? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, let's, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll tell had, you, Brian, I'll tell had, you something. Well, they had Bruce Arians do that. Right? I know, I know. That's why that reference yeah. in this column, we have a Twitter poll based on the column that Adam Johns and uh, let's see here. I have it right in front of me. Stacks of paper in the athletic. Obviously, this came out a couple days ago and everybody's talking about it. Adam Johns and uh, Kevin Fishbane about what happened behind the scenes. Finally, finally connecting some dots with. Nagy and Trubisky, something we've let go of. A lot of us have let go of for a while. Um, but now it seems apparent what happened behind the scenes. And the Twitter poll reflects that today at ESPN 1000. And I, I you know, this is no slam dunk and certainly people are, uh, people are weighing in. But after hearing that Matt Nagy no showed Mitch Trubisky, as it was uh, detailed in the article, which we'll talk about, can Nagy now be considered the worst leader of men have had in recent history for the Bears? And uh, it's getting a and lot Mark of Mark Trustman's name immediately came up. Oh, sure it did. Oh, sure yeah. it did. Yeah. It's not an easy decision, but boy, this is fresh in our mind. And when when you see somebody treated like that, that really kind of cut to the bone. But of course, we don't have all the information on all the other coaches and yeah, what happened but, behind the scenes too. Yeah, I you know I, I still remember Mark Trestman letting the inmates run the asylum too. Oh, much. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, and that that was it. That was a very very rough time, and that just. I mean, brings... Lance Briggs he asked to go out. He was opening up a barbecue place in Sacramento. It was Labor Day weekend, and he basically said, "I want to go out and be there for the opening of my barbecue place." And Mark said, "Sure. <laughs> Who cares? Who cares if the season's uh, if it's just starting?" Sure. What else you want to do? Anyone else want to go somewhere? Just let me know when you'll be back. We'll have practice then. Come on. Um, but you know, look, uh, we talked about it yesterday a little bit. Who? What type of coach do you want? I mean, Matt Nagy was. Uh, everyone liked him. Apparently, the players didn't quit him. That's for sure, right? So, do you go to well, the other I mean, end? Of- as far as we know. Well, they, it kind of seems like some might have, but oh yeah, they were still trying at the end. But I mean, the other end of the spectrum to go for a Brian Flores type, who apparently it's his way or the highway. Well, I'll tell you something that is attractive to me. However, however, would we consider the Bears actually hiring somebody like that that they would have to try to put their thumb on? I well, would love for them to say, you know what, 
yep, hire the right GM to, to work with him and let them go. But we know that that's not necessarily what the McCaskies do. Okay, but here's the problem. Um, and they've already there's already been talk that they're going to hire the coach before the GM. And you may you may be forced to do that. Whether it's a Brian Flores who with got fired with a winning record, no one really saw that coming to Miami, right? So right. Um, he is interviewing currently uh, Brian Dable after particularly after that uh, showing last night is going to be interviewing in Miami as well. So. Even though you'd like to, I would like to do it the old-fashioned way of get the GM in the building. It only and, makes and, too much sense, right? But but if if your guy is going down to Miami or on Zoom call this afternoon, and they're ready because they have a GM in place, ready to make you know make the the offer today, can you let your guy get out of the building or off the Zoom chat without committing to him because you know he's going to be hired in the next twenty four hours or so? So. And and all of that I agree with, and I think uh, the way this went down Monday morning, and I'm I'm sure that many people share this view, is that when we heard the news that the changes were made, that was a high, and then when uh, uh, George McCaskey had that press conference, which they should never let him talk to anybody. That it was, was entertaining. That I was laugh. a low. Yeah, well, entertainment if for all the wrong reasons, but right. I agree. Yeah. Uh, so that was the big letdown. And could it be possible that George is just so much, um, so much so out of the loop that he talked out of school and Bill Polian's going to keep them on the map with looking at a GM and then a coach? Is that at all possible? Look, if Bill, I, and I know there's a lot of hand wringing that Bill Polian's too old and hasn't been active in the league for a decade. And, you know, George kept saying, well, he wrote a book and uh, apparently he read the Cliff Notes version and was impressed with it. Um, But would you rather have the old out of touch Bill Polian uh, making the decision, even though George said he makes the final decision where Bill just writes out a name on the paper and says, here, George, sign off on this one. Or would you rather have I'm a fan? I don't really know much about football. George McCaskey actually sorting through all the interviews and, and coming to his own conclusion. Well, I, I, that's obviously Bill, but I'm hoping that, you know, when George said, oh, you know, we may hire a coach before a GM. Right. He got caught with his pants down there, and I'm hoping that Bill behind the scenes is like, you know what, that is not what we're going to strive to do because Bill knows better. I'm just saying, can we trust George McCaskey? Can no. we hang on his every word? I'm hoping no, because what we heard from him is what we did not want to hear. But you, but I you, you don't want to do that in the perfect world. But you if you but really you, may, feel, you have to you may be if forced. You, to. If, if Bill Polian really feels like one of these coaching candidates, and by the way, I will say this: the, the Bears list to this point, um, either with the completed interviews or those still on the list that they've requested uh, interviews with, compared to some of the other ones, I mean, it's not only one uh, among the more extensive lists; it's one of the more diverse lists. And it's it's a pretty good list, right? Yep, yep it so, is. I have it right in front of me. It's a, right. a very good list. Right. So no matter how they got here with Bill Polian, he's not Ernie Acorsi, and we've been down this road with a consultant before. You know, th- there was talk of Bill Polian being the Bears football czar about eight or nine years ago, right? So they didn't do, do the right thing then, which I was all for bringing him in the building and mm-hmm. actually have, having skin in the game. Just. You know, well, See, Jesse that's was, another problem, too, the whole idea of having skin in the game. Right. He comes and helps. He actually maybe hires the, the GM and coach and then 
goes back to wherever Bill goes these days. I don't know if he's in Florida or I hope he's not spending 12 months a year in Buffalo. You saw the weather there last night, kind of like here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's a pretty good list. Now, look, when I when I tweeted out the meatball me would hire Dayball today, um, someone said hard pass on the hot coordinator to get me someone mm-hmm. who's been there and done that as head coach. Okay, Todd Bowles, how do you read his head coaching uh, experience with the Jets, the dysfunctional Jets? 10-win season to 4-12 and and being fired. It's tough to do. Jim Caldwell, you know, how did things work out? He's had success as an assistant on Super Bowl staffs, but, you know, Lions, not so much. Um, So there's not a whole lot of – Doug Peterson, you know, does that mean Nick Nick Foles sticks around? I. None, none of these guys excite me as former head coaches. Not, not even. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, right. Uh, how about Brian though? Flores. That one really yeah, does. Right, right. But that seems like a long shot. He got a lot out of Miami. And what we're hearing is that you know he was kind of fighting the system internally, and that's why he was let go. Even though he had well, a the owner record. said he rubs some people rub people you know different ways. Like he basically. He didn't get along with quarterback. He didn't get along. I mean, he went through coordinators, defensive and offensive coordinators, so at th- three and five, and he fired an offensive line coach a week after he hired him. I mean, there, there's, there's a little erratic. Yeah, he had. I mean, there's collaboration between uh, Nagy and Pace, and then there's Brian Flores, my way or the highway, which again may be the right thing to do. Where you have that this guy it is, you know, he does tell you have here's the marching orders, and either you march or you march out the door. Um, that he he has a winning record, so there's a lot to like there. And again, hot candidate. So if if he's impressed you and he's already interviewed with the Bears, do you let him go? Uh, look, the, the Raiders are going to likely be in the the coaching search today, right? Yeah. yeah. Add it to the list. So do you let the hot guys and and the impressive guys go interview five or six other teams, and then you know find out that you you could have. You should have really pushed and, and hired him right right away, and not let somebody else grab him. Well, and then e- e- even in hindsight, could you have started? Could you have popped pace earlier in the season and started that? Well, but that, that speaks search. to well. But, that speaks, I bet it's gone though. The pass is well, gone. Well, not only that, pace was still your GM. Now, you, if you launched it, see, you'd, you'd be you got a head start by the league's new rule. If you tell if you fire the coach or tell him he's not coming back, you get the extra two weeks or so. Right. To, to start putting together lists and or interviewing people. But if you didn't have the GM in place, you're back where we started this conversation. Can you hire the head coach before the GM? Well, I guess I meant more specifically, could you have uh, had time to make a move, hire a GM, and be ready for this this point in the season when you're able to interview head coaches? We want to go to the uh, phone. Somebody, uh, I think, is talking about uh, your wish for Brian Dable uh, to be hired by the Bears. This is Dean in uh, downtown here. Hey, Dean, welcome to ESPN 1000. Hey, good morning, Xander. How you doing, Brian? I'm good, good. So uh, so what What do you have to say about the Bills last night? Um, I was going to say, these this game last night, you know, in this weather, I feel like things can go one way or another very quickly. The, the, the Patriots looked like they didn't want to be there at all, and the Bills looked happy as a clam. And I don't want people to rush to judgment. I'm not saying that Leslie Frazier can't be the next coach of the Bills or uh, what's the guy's offensive coordinator name? Brian Dable. Dable. Brian Dable. But I don't want people to just, you know, this this offensive coordinator for the Patriots, 
he he could very well be the next big thing. You know, I'm not acting like I know everything, but he's had a lot of success there. So I'm saying don't hold it against this guy. Also, I read that he doesn't want to interview until after the playoffs. I, I was going to call uh, Chris and Adam the other day and mention this. I find, this is the main reason I called. I find it very admirable. I would, I would rather hire someone that says, no, I, right now my focus is on a wild card game in which I'm an underdog. I'm not going to interview for a head coaching job until after that. And these other guys, I'm not saying, you know, hold it against them. It's just my opinion. I think that that's like an admirable trait to have. So, no, no, I'm going to wait until after the playoffs. So yeah, that's but, all you know, it, but, Dean, he is going to interview reportedly today. Table. Uh, you're, you're talking about the OC. Yeah, I think Dean's talking about McDaniels. Yeah, I'm he's talking, talking about, yeah, the, the Patriots. Well, he's available here. today, too. So Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all I got. Take that, guys. Thanks, Dean. All right. Thanks, Dean. And uh, well, yeah. I, I mean, I think that is admirable. But there are there are jobs open, and there are people that want these jobs. And the Bears do have a lot of competition, as you said. And that is going to probably force their hand, and it's going to get them out of sync, like they have been in recent years, where the coach comes, the GM comes, and then and then they're have to, having to accept that they have fields if they can work with him or not. And it just seems to be a complete mess that continues to be a complete. Three one two three three two three seven seven six is the number. If you you know what what are you looking for in a new head coach? Let's start with the head coach, because those those are the hot commodities right now. Um, we'll, we'll revisit some of the yeah. nebulous stuff that George said uh, in the Zoom call when he was asked specifically what he's looking for. It is must listen to audio if you have not seen it. Before we go to break, Brian, I'm, I want to take this call. This is Bill in Montgomery. He wants to talk about uh, our former head coach, Matt Nagy. Hey, uh, Bill, welcome to ESPN 1000. You're on with Hanley and Xander. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. Uh, I don't really, it's not so much Nagy. It's all the offensive chaos we had over the past four years. I do not want somebody like uh, Flores in here who fires a coach after one week and changes every coordinator he had after, what, two years? Yeah. I don't want that. I want stability. Give me Rick Smith to start out, get somebody that knows how to draft first-round draft picks and others. And then after that, let's go from there. I would rather have maybe somebody like uh, you know, coordinator out of Green Bay. You know, there's a bunch of them out there. Right. I don't know. Doug Peterson looks pretty good. Well, I appreciate the call, Bill. Yeah, you know, uh, there there's a uh, there's a solid point to that, Brian. I I think that we do want to see a GM in to hire the coach that they want. We just may not have that luxury at this point. Okay, but if I had asked you. You know, and your life depended on if you could have named the Packers offensive coordinator last week before all this. Could not, you? Not at all. No. Nathaniel Heck. You know, because in my world, uh, you know, I don't even know how much Matt LaFleur is calling plays as much as Aaron Rodgers is calling plays, right? Right. The, so, yeah, so I point. mean, I don't, I mean, he might be the next up and coming genius. He might be a genius right now. You don't know much about him because guess what? It's all about the quarterback in Green Bay, yep. and has been for the last. Yeah, that doesn't years. that that name doesn't excite me at all. Not to mention an offensive-minded head coach there as yep. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, and and you know, it, it's just that when you get to that's how you got to Ryan Pace. He was like fourth on the food chain down in New Orleans, right? Mm-hmm. Sean Payton was running the show first and foremost, and then uh, uh, Mickey Loomis. And, and I think you know Ryan was like the fourth guy. He went to Starbucks every day and made sure everyone's order was right. His name was on the cup. 
312-332-3776. We'll uh, take a break. Come back with your calls. Talking Bears, the head coaching position, the GM position. Who would you like to see as a head coach? And will they get it right this time? We'll be right back here. ESPN 1000. Matt and Ryan were informed of our decision this morning. Um, we'll start contacting candidates today. Uh, ideally, the general manager would be selected first. But if we see a head coach candidate that we think is the right one, we're going to do what it takes to get him in-house. If I could just follow up real quickly, though, in terms of a general manager with unfettered control of the football operation, wouldn't that restrict you a little bit if you had already chosen a coach before he, he came on board? I think with Bill's guidance, we're going to be able to find um, a partnership of general manager and a head coach that will work. Um, like I said, we would prefer to hire the general manager first. Well, we heard him say it. We'd all prefer that, too. Brian Hanley, Mark Zander, it's ESPN 1000 on a Sunday morning. Wildcard weekend. The Bills beat up on the Patriots last night. That was fun to watch, Brian. If you're typing out that contract today, it's D-A-B-O-L-L. <laughs> Brian with an I. Okay. Well, it was, well, well yeah, it's uh, D-A-B-O-L-L, right. Yeah, right. and and we Brian actually, an yeah, we have uh, we have a um, a list here of uh, coaches they've uh, already talked to or will talk to, and uh, you know we have already mentioned a few of these: Leslie Frazier, former Bear, uh, Doug Peterson, Brian Dable, which will happen today, Nathaniel Hackett, which happened yesterday, Todd Bowles, and Byron Leftwich from the Buccaneers. Those are listed as TBA. So we don't know when they're going to get talked Here's to. Here's Dan Quinn now. Here's a former head coach. What do you make of his experience in Atlanta? Great defensive coordinator in Seattle, Super Bowl uh, resume, um, but will always be remembered for the great second-half collapse against the Patriots in the Super Bowl as he stood on the Atlanta sidelines. And now Cowboys defensive coordinator. And, and really, Mark, isn't it as much as the Bears were always about defense forever and running the ball, isn't it all about Justin Fields right now? Don't you have to you, – you know, you thought you had – Matt Nagy, the offensive-minded guru, up-and-comer, who's going to take <laughs> Mitch Trubisky and, and make him Josh uh, And I believe Allen, somebody right? called him on the Twitter feed this morning a fraud. Right. So, so, but I mean, really, in a perfect world, first of all, the head coaches that are on the Bears list to this point don't overly excite me at all. So I know some people want head coaching experience, and we're asking Bears fans, what's most important to you? Because, you know, George was asked to – a couple of different questions about what he's looking for in a head coach. And, and I get it. The Bears forever have always hired people as GMs and coaches who never held those jobs previously, right? They were learning on, on the fly and on yep, the job. Except for John Fox, that is correct. Right, right. So what are you looking for? I know George mentioned leadership. You don't have to love the guy. You don't. The players don't have to love him. They don't have to like him, but they have to respect him. Um, but ideally, I'd love a, a former head coach who had success, but so far on this list, none of these guys overwhelm me, the, the previous head coaches. So I get when people say no more hot offensive coordinators, but it has to, in my world, it has to be about Justin Fields. And look, last night, seven drives, seven touchdowns. It wasn't just Josh Allen throwing the ball. He ran for 66 yards. He had a receiver running for, for 29 yards. He, I mean, they mixed it up. That, that offensive game plan was not just, you know, Air Allen. And it wasn't just ground and pound, right? I mean, right. It, it, 
It was. It was a and, nice and, mixture, and boy, do they have the right quarterback there. Exactly. If you have Justin Fields, the one thing we don't we didn't learn a lot this year because of injury and and no offensive line and all the you know issues that got Nagy and Ryan Pace fired. But we do know that he can throw on the run. He can run. He's got a good football IQ. And to me, a guy like you know again might be the meatball. My middle name meatball today, but. Uh, Brian Dayball, if, if he can make Josh Allen run around and do stuff, imagine what he could do with Justin Fields. Look, the indicators are it should be somebody with proven experience running an offense and developing a quarterback. And I, I totally agree. So, I do have a connection to Leslie Frazier for obvious reasons. Anybody old enough to remember 85? Sure. Yeah, you know, but yeah, I don't know if he's the right guy. Uh, we just have to trust that Bill Polian is going to make the right decision. And in fact, he will be listened to by McCaskey and Phillips, which I would imagine he is because they've got to be paying him. And the last thing you want to well, do I is mean, pay a consultant it, it, and not you, listen to him. Well, you saw that Zoom call. I mean, they not only are going to listen to him, they believe like it, whatever he says is Bible. Right? right. I mean, he could have written the Bible because George kept talking about his book and about winning. So if you don't like the idea of Bill Polian, you know, and I, I don't think it's the perfect uh, idea either. It is what it is. And, and that, that ship has sailed. So you better hope he knows what he's looking at. And you better hope that he lands on the right GM and the right head coach. Well, that press conference, uh, even though it was painful the other day, throwing the faith at uh, the feet of Bill Polian was a lot better than last year when we heard Ryan is our guy. Matt is our guy. Right. And how well they work together. And, you know, and, you know, the faith in Bill Polian, to me, it, there, there's at least some foundation for that because yep. of the success. This blind faith that, that George still espouses in Ted Phillips. I, I mean, it, it's bewildering to me that Ted Phillips walks on water when it comes to the McCaskey family. Yeah, I mean, it's just amazing. Yeah, it is. It, thankfully, they moved him out of anything to do with football. However, he's going to have a say in this, which really yeah. makes no it makes no it sense. Makes no sense. Right. But but again, we have come to accept the fact that there's a lot of nonsense coming out of Hallis Hall. And always, always will be with yeah. the McCaskey family. Absolutely. 312-332-3776. Is there somebody on this list that you like? Is there somebody not on this list that the Bears should be talking to? Uh, granted, this list is what they've made available to us. If you follow the Bears on their website every day, they're updating with us on who they're talking to, which I find refreshing. It doesn't seem like that would be something that they would have done in the past. However, I'm sure that there are names that they're talking to that we have not seen. Is there somebody they should be talking to and why? 312-332-3776. And I wonder how long this is really going to take. In your mind, Brian, how long should this process take and how quickly should they get somebody in? Do they have the ability, uh, you know, aside from the competition that they're finding, if all things were created equal, do they have the ability to wait to make the right decision as opposed to move too quick? Um, well, I don't know about too quick, but I think they're, they're going to have to move quick. Look, the, the coaching candidates are always hotter than the GM candidates. And when you look look at this, the, the list for GMs, the, they're, they're all good people and, and all good res, uh, resumes. Um, but there's not one guy who just jumps out at you and there's six teams tripping them you know, over themselves to get that guy in their building, right? Mm-hmm. So I really do believe, even though it's not 
the perfect way of do, going about it. I believe they're going to have to hire a coach first, and I believe that's going to happen It's certainly in the next, I would say, 48 hours or so. Really that quick? Okay. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and with the competition, that all makes sense, and hopefully Bill Pullian can match the two. Because it's really up to him if we're trusting what the McCaskies I mean, say. Yeah, once once the you know the first round, the wild card round uh, finishes up tomorrow night, you'll be able to get any of your coordinators or coaches from those teams uh, on the first day. You know, like Dable's to the, you know this morning, right immediately after their game, the Bills game. So I would think Tuesday you would if there's anyone out there on on these uh, remaining wild card games, the three today and the one tomorrow night. You, you jump on that tomorrow and Tuesday, and I, I would not be shocked that by Wednesday you're announcing a head coach for the Chicago Bears. And probably many other teams as well. Right. Okay. And again, the Raiders are now added to the list today. It's all but official that they'll, they'll be looking for a replacement there, too, even though their interim coach did a good job keeping that, that group together, even though uh, you know, if there was a mistake to be made yesterday, they made it. And, and by the way, we had our first uh, NFL officiating um, controversy too imagine that in a playoff game yeah we can uh, talk more about that when we uh, come back here 312-332-3776 we're also going to talk about the bulls last night a tough loss but they made it close previous two games really not so close no not at all just really really bad and they they were missing some bodies last night but they did make it close uh but it was it's been tough watching some bulls basketball recently um we will also eventually mention a couple of international signings for the north side and the south side for baseball as the lockout continues it's brian hanley it's mark zander this is espn 1000 if it made a difference in the play but it was certainly an erroneous whistle terry anything replay could have cleaned up by the way on that play no replay that is not a reviewable play once they've ruled him out of bounds it's over they also can't fix the erroneous whistle what they should have done because it was an erroneous whistle was actually replay the down because it was a loose ball in flight that's why there was so much conversation right they can't have a touchdown on that play by rule Yeah, that was kind of tough to watch last night, that blown call. 312-332-3776. It's Brian Hanley. It's Mark Sander. This is ESPN 1000. You can get to Brian at BrianHanley534 on Twitter. And me, Xander Rocker, all one word, one R in the middle. And we're also available to you anytime you need us on the ESPN 1000 app, which is very very handy. So uh, last night, what do you make of that that whole thing? That was so. Joe Burrow is running. Out, it looks like he's going to run out of bounds. He throws at the last second as he's leaping to Tyler Boyd, mm-hmm. who catches the ball at the end at the back of the end zone. And you heard uh, uh, Terry McCauley there saying, "We heard the whistle." Now the, the the NFL initially, I love this, initially deferred comment to the NBC rules expert and former NFL referee, Terry McCauley. Now the league is saying, go, go ask the guy who NBC's paying, who we used to hire. And, and you heard him say they can't have a touchdown. They had to play, uh, play that play over by rule. Um, the, the referee, uh, Jerome Boger and his crew got together and talked and determined the whistle uh, came after the receiver caught the ball, Tyler Boyd, which was not the case. The whistle happened right before he caught the ball. Either way, um, 
Yeah, the Raiders just, uh, I mean, fielding kicks at the one and and holding every other play and the fumble at their own two or three yard line. I mean, they made it, they, they came back. Um, I don't know what to make of Cincinnati. I mean, the feel good of the first playoff win in 31 years in Cincinnati. I They were up comfortably and all of a sudden they were down to the last play where the Raiders could have tied the game. So um Joe Burrow with his Bono uh, uh, glasses on after the game said that. Yeah, he looked cool, didn't he? Yeah. (laughs) He said the offense has to be better uh, because they stalled so many times in the red zone. He's right. I don't don't like their chances next week because the Raiders, you know, the self-inflicted wounds of the Raiders, uh, blown call or not by the crew, really cost them that game. Yeah, yeah, it did. And I could uh, tell you that I have some relatives in Cincinnati, and they're all about it, and they're selling Houday beer, and everybody's celebrating. I'll enjoy it because I don't think uh, <laughs> he's not going to last. No, I'm not right. Gonna last. So today at noon, we're going to see the Eagles and Buccaneers and uh, the afternoon game, 3.30 start, 49ers and Cowboys. Who do you got on uh, the Bucks eagles A lot of people are picking the Eagles, I heard, on ESPN. Yeah, not me. No, that, not, not a, me as not well. A nine point, is that a nine-point spread now? It was eight and a half yesterday. I, I'm, I'm not sure, sure but I, I'm, I'm... I think it's dipped be. all the way down to seven. Really? So that's a critical number right there. Yeah. It's a, and it's a huge move from yesterday, too. Um, interesting. I uh, Not for me. I, I'll stay away from that game, but I... I, I, I I gave the Raiders out yesterday and wasn't feeling too good about it in the first half, but thought they were going to come back and win that game. Uh, and I gave out the 49ers in uh, the second half of my parlay is still alive. Uh, so I'm all, like Fred Hubner, God bless him. I'm all about the Niners today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, the Cowboys. Cowboys for me. Bucks and Cowboys. 312-332-3776 here talking NFL football with you. And then Dan Quinn can interview yes. tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I guess I guess we do have a rooting interest in different ways of uh of getting these people interviewed for the big hiring blitz set to take place, as you said, probably this week. Three one two three three two three seven seven six if you want to jump on and tell us who you would like to see the Bears talk to? Who? And also, what 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 are you looking for? I yeah. mean, how, is, is head coaching exper- experience paramount? What, OC, yeah, DC, what, whatever. Right, right. What are you looking for? If you were sitting in that or on the Zoom call or in that room with Bill Polian and George, and well, you'd probably be the youngest guy in there. Um, you know, what what questions would you be asking? What would you be looking for in a candidate? Yeah, three one two three three two three seven seven six. What would be your first question, Brian? Uh, I, I have no questions for Brian Dable. I just here sign here. <laughs> Could you sign here today? Can right, we wrap it, this up right now? Yeah, if it were Dan Quinn, do you have a question for Dan? Yeah, uh, Dan can uh, go through that whole experience in uh, Atlanta and at the defensive coordinator and guru that you are. What happened in the second half? Oh, of that, that that'd be a great question. That'd be. <laughs> Could you, I kid you, I know it's painful, but can you tell me how you had that historical collapse? I'm not sure which would be worse, asking him that or asking him to do a mock press conference. Did they ever mock one for George McCaskey? And if they Mm. did, he hadn't learned anything, has he? Remember Mike McCaskey? Woof, woof. Woof, woof. (sighs) It's all bad. It's all bad. Are we out of McCaskies? Is there another no, one? That, no, 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 no. There, I, I told you there was Ed Jr., a uh, redhead that was working with the Boomers. You know, someday we may see him involved. I don't know. Would it be any better? I don't know. It's a McCaskey. <laughs> well, what George said, Mark Potash, God bless him, asked him directly, when, right after he got 
done saying it's a bottom line business. And that's why Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy had to be let go because it's all about bottom line numbers and wins and losses. And Mark said, okay, George, you've been around here since what, 2011. And if we go through your bottom line numbers, not very good at all. No. So why is it you're still here answering these questions? And he said, well, because of the board of directors. Because mommy said so. Well, look at the board of the directors are. Yeah, it's well, like it, it's, it's six McCaskies yeah, and, right. and uh, you know, uh, and Pat you know, Ryan. And, and you and know, Andy in that room, Kara. Brian, they're like, no, not me. I don't want it. No, no, no not me. No, I don't keep, want it. He's the oldest. Make, he gets just, to do it. Just make sure the, the money's a direct deposit in my trust fund. That's what, you know. Yeah, you know, in, in the whole thing with this idea of, as we would like to see, having somebody be the head of football operations, that would in, in, that would mean that they would have to add another job description to the, uh, you know, the front office. Which I don't know is that an eight million dollar a year job, ten million dollar a year oh, job? I don't, I don't, I don't think the Bears are paying that. And no, of course not. But I'm saying yeah, that's why no. they don't have that position. It's so well, this obvious. Is why, you know, and not only that, this is why Jim Harbaugh's name isn't on this list, right? You see what college coaches and you know what you saw what Brian Kelly went down and all of a sudden uh, picked up a, a Southern accent down in the Bayou <laughs> because nine and a half, ten million a year. Uh, made him that to, that that gives me an y'all. accent too. Yeah, all y'all and uh, you know hook 'em horns or whatever he's doing down there. Um, you see Mel Tucker making that money at Michigan State, and and then Jim Harbaugh is going to get that money in Michigan, right? Yep. Bears aren't paying ten million bucks uh, to to head coach, and if they were paying ten million bucks to head coach, you'd have to pay more to the GM. You would think, right? Yep. Yep. Not and then happening. we were, and how dare us ask for another position of a head of football operations that would be added to a new GM and a head coach? That's just blowing their minds. They couldn't possibly consider that. Yeah, I, look, if you get the right GM, you really don't need a football czar. The, yeah, the but, thing, but the, the problem the, is getting the right GM. Right, right, and that's you know, the leap of faith is that they're going to get it right this time when the you know George McCaskey is still the guy who he says will be making the ultimate decisions and where would your faith level be in that given the 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 mark tressman's the matt nagy's the ryan pace the uh, phil emery's uh, and on and on you go yeah that uh that is the leap of faith that we're all staring at but at least for me i don't know about you i, I think you feel the same uh based on uh what you've talked about but having bill polian there is a bit of a um a comfort to me I don't know how much, and there are a lot of people saying that because he's been out of the game so long and everything, is that really going to help? I think it does, but we won't know until everything settles in. It helps because of the other idiots in Ted Phillips and, yes. and George McCaskey That's why it's who a have zero football IQ. It's amazing that you know Ted has been around this thing for going on 30 years, right, in the Bears organization, right? Failing upwards is the... Um... Yeah, and, and I get that he got Soldier Field uh, finally uh, redone and, and made the Bears uh, more money, even though a brand-new uh, state-of-the-art stadium back in the day would have made them a hell of a lot more money because they're the only team that doesn't own their stadium, right? Sure, sure. So and it I got outdated in, in a matter of years. It, 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 yeah, as soon as they cut the ribbon on that, it was outdated. But so Bill Polian, again, wouldn't be my first choice to, to oversee this thing, but it's not my choice. So I have to live with the choice, but it, it's still better than not having him there. Right? right. I'm with you. Yeah, He knows what he's looking at, even if it's through bifocals. 
he knows what he's looking at. 312-332-3776. We've got Roscoe in Antioch. Wants to uh, join us here on ESPN 1000. Hey, Roscoe. Hi, good morning, guys. I'm enjoying the show. Thanks for uh, having me on. Oh, yeah, right on. So uh, what's going on? What do, you, what do you want to talk about? So I guess here's my observation. We, we all know that I, I think somebody on your airwaves has been saying all week a, a, a stop clock is right twice a day. Um, you know, but my sense of it is the Bears will, if there's a way to screw it up, they'll screw it up. But <laughs> I, I was watching the game last night. And it, it certainly doesn't look like Bill Belichick's a genius anymore now that Tom Brady's not there. Does it really matter until they get better players in here, who their general manager and coach is? Oh, I guess yeah, that's my question. It's, it, it's a great – I mean, it, the heavy lifting that is going to have to be done by this tandem is unbelievable because you don't have draft picks. You're up against the salary cap. You need – you still need – we all saw what you need. Offensive line help, receiver help, Defensive core is old, getting older yeah. by the minute. Yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's Khalil Mack going to be traded, and what are you going to get in return for that? I, I'm with you. It's, but you, this is where you have to start. I mean, you have to hope that – it's not an overnight fix. It's not a one-year fix, right? Not at all. I, I'm, with, I'm with our caller. It's, if, you, if you give it too much thought, you really get depressed. Um, because I'm with him. You, first of all, you have to hope they get it right, and there's no track record to say that they will, but they have to, because the 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 Ryan Pace, Mitch Trubisky thing, and Matt Nagy with his fingerprints. That, that you, what is it? How do you quantify that? They put the organization behind the eight ball for five or six years. Yeah, multiple years for sure. Same uh, yeah. But I mean, look, the last line, Josh Allen, third in the NFL history to have five-plus TDs, no interceptions, and fewer than five incompletions. The running game was there. Um, I, someone on Twitter reached out to us and said what they really liked was the fact that Brian Dable was able to, throughout the season to and not just make it a Josh Allen-centric offense. He was malleable, and he, he kind of, you know. He mixed it up. Yeah, he, as the season went on, and they had their struggles. I mean, there were games that they were embarrassed, right? But – but he, by the end, it was not all about Josh Allen. I mean, obviously, you have to have the quarterback. Um, but he was able to tailor that offense and, and get more people involved. And, and Josh Allen, you know, we saw how he did last night, a historical uh, performance. Well, I tell you, he, he looked great. Absolutely great. 312-332-3776. We're up against a break, but let's take one more call. Allen Portage Park wants to join us here. It's Hanley and Xander on ESPN 1000. Hey, Al. Hey, good morning, fellas. How you doing today? It's all good. Good. Hey, you know, I wanted to talk about Ted Phillips. Now, I seem to remember back in the early 80s, Phillips was with the organization. And if I remember he correctly, he, he used to do the contracts. You know, he would be the negotiator. And I remember, you know, the Bears always had holdouts back in the early 80s. I mean, the two famous ones were Todd Bell and Al Harris. They held out for a year. I remember Peyton had a problem, you know, getting a contract and, I believe Phillips was the guy negotiating. He was their he, bean counter, and they he was an accountant. He's an he's an accountant by trade. That that's what yeah, Ted Phillips yeah, is. yeah. Yes. And I think that's where he kind of earned his stripes with this organization, is because he always was a very much of a hardliner with the players, and, you know, and their contracts back in that day. And I think you know football was probably more of a mom and pop operation, you know, early eighties or whatever. But I mean, no you doubt. guys remember this that he oh, absolutely he yeah. back that far, yeah. right? Yeah, it, yeah. it reminds me. It was a different about, time. Yeah, thank you for it, the call. It reminds me of Tom Ricketts saying one time uh, when asked who the MVP of the or, uh, of the Cubs is, and he said, "Well, you know, really, I, I don't think Crane Kenny 
gets uh, as much um, respect and appreciation as, as he should. You know why? Because Crane Kenny, you know, redid Wrigleyville and everything they do, buying the rooftops and, and putting up the buildings. You know, Tom Ricketts looks at the guy who's making the money, and that's how George McCaskey and the McCaskies look at Ted Phillips, even though he's nowhere near to the level of Crane Kenny in terms of revenue. Agreed. I, I think that uh, the idea that Ted is going to be moved out of football operations is is really, I mean, that's that's key, although he he's still being involved. I, I just wish they withheld that from us like McCaskey wasn't going to bring Phillips into this whole thing because I think for most of us, we just don't want his hands in there anymore. Well, that's right. George is tone deaf. He doesn't understand. No, he doesn't. You know, oh, yeah, well, he's going to be worried about the new stadium or whatever. But, you know, this one last hurrah, he's got to be in that room, you know, asking questions of these uh, GM and coaching candidates. And you're like, why? Why? Why does he need to do that? Thank uh, Again, thank you. Thankfully, Bill Pullian is there. 312-332-3776. We'll take a break, come back, and we'll uh, jump into Bulls basketball for a while. Talk about what happened last night and talk about the recent skid. Right here on ESPN 1000, it's Hanley and Xander. Sunday morning, ESPN 1000, Hanley and Xander here. We're, we've been talking about football, and well, you know, we've got some work to do at Hallis Hall. But the Bulls played last night. They made it close. They lost, ultimately, 114-112. We had uh, Vucevic with 27 points. DeRozan, he, I, I, he couldn't he couldn't come up with the uh, last-minute burst to help us with the win, but he well, did have 23 points, and uh, Io had 10 assists. Well, Vucevic had the open three, and Jesse said yesterday yeah. he never wants to see him take another three. And, uh, once but he again, made a couple in the game. He made a couple yeah. in the game, but not, he just didn't one, make that one. one. Not the money shot. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> not, yeah. not the one he needed yeah. to make. Yeah, you know, they, they were scrappy yesterday, couldn't get it done, but the, the two previous games, wow. Now, I know Caruso is out uh, last night, Levine was out, as was uh, Ball. Yeah, Lonzo yeah. Ball. But uh, those two previous games, uh, it was the Warriors the other night, and uh, right before that, who, who did they lose to before the Warriors? I'm blanking out here. Brooklyn. Brooklyn, that's right. The Nets, yeah. yeah. Um, they allowed 138 points in each of those games. <laughs> I mean, so if that's dumb. possible. And so, the, good, yeah. the good news was against the Warriors, I think the Golden State had 21 points off of turnovers. Last night, uh, Boston only seven points off of turnovers. And the bench scoring was 27 to 18, but the bench was starting for the Bulls, basically. So that's yeah. kind of a misnomer. And look, you know, Billy Donovan said no one's going to feel sorry for him and all that, all the stuff you say when you're down – to, to starting, you know, four guys who shouldn't be starting. It, it, okay, it's a character game. That's fine. But I was saying yesterday, 538 had uh, as much as the Bulls were top the Eastern Conference yesterday before the game. They're now 27-14. But they were keeping company with 538's algorithm, algorithms and such. They had the uh, Bulls projected to be a 500 team for the remainder of the season and keeping company with the likes of the uh, Atlanta Hawks and Toronto Raptors. And actually, the Clippers and Hawks were projected to have a better chance of getting to the finals than the Bulls because, Mark, you're not going to believe this, they're leading the conference, right? Mm-hmm. 0.7% chance of winning a title, only 2% chance of getting to the finals. Um, so the gaudy record, you know, first of all, I thought, you know, Eastern Conference might be better than we expected when this uh, season started. 
maybe by the end when it's all said and done, it's not going to be nearly as impressive as it looked earlier on. Yeah. It, it, what do you think is happening? You're just running out of gas. Obviously, we're missing players last night. But yeah, aside from Caruso, Ball and um, uh, Ball and um, uh, uh, now I'm blanking out again. Ball and who else? Levine. Oh, Levine. Yeah, they they both played in uh, the Brooklyn and well, no, Levine did leave in the Warriors game in the on. opening minutes. Yeah, and the yeah. good news was yesterday, yeah. you know, Kevin Durant just been announced as out indefinite amount of time with the sprained MCL. The good news was the the knee injury to Zach Levine uh, MRI yesterday didn't go on the trip mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, same knee that he had the ACL on uh, surgery previous is not uh, serious, but I would think it, it sounds like at least uh, maybe a week or so uh, minimum. Uh, it doesn't sound like any time. Not, certainly not going to be playing against Mem- Memphis tomorrow. Um, but that's the good news, right? It's not it, it, whenever you see Zach Levine walk off the court and get an MRI, you're, you're holding your breath. Um, but, you know, look, this this Bulls team way ahead of schedule. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was wondering if the, the front office will get aggressive by the trade deadline on February 10th. You need a power forward. You've needed that forever. And with Patrick Williams nowhere close to coming back, you, you need size. But I don't know how much you want to mortgage the future to go get a big man um, when this team is probably still a couple of years away from really being among the elites and, and a team you could you know, ink in as a contending team to win something. It's a good point. And Williams will be back next year, we're assuming, or yeah. toward the I mean, end the, of this the, year. The, yeah. Well, the hope was yeah, that he'd be, be his NBA declined to give him to give them a, you know, a uh, – an extra roster spot because they say it's a possibility their doctors believe he could come back and he's doing conditioning. Mm-hmm. He put some shots up uh, before the game on uh, Friday uh, against Golden State, but uh, Billy Donovan was quick to say, "Well, that's fine, but the wrist is nowhere near close to being ready to get in game." So, well, given everything that we talked about right there, uh, projections not great. Uh, Williams coming back at some point, the potential mortgaging the future. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Should the Bulls be active? On the trade deadline on February 10th. Let us know what you think. Um, I, I tend to agree with you, Brian. I don't think that they should be mortgaging any future at all. They should sit tight, do what they can with this, because I think that they might have the right, unless the right player comes along where they're not giving up too much. But that's that may not happen. Yeah, uh, look, I, I just, uh, who would you? You have to give to get right, yep, and yep. I don't. And, and even when you get down to Ao, I mean, you don't, you want to? No, want to, no, 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 no. I'm most excited about him myself. Right, exactly. So I, I don't know what your, you know, Kobe White. I mean, I, I, I don't know where you, where you're going and what you could, you know, offer. And I don't know appreciably what that would, how that would improve your, your. You're going to be in the postseason. I mean, unless the, the wheels completely come off, and I don't mm-hmm. see that happening under Billy Donovan. Um, this isn't Jim Boylan or Fred Hoiberg. You're going to be in the postseason, so any experience is going to be a good uh, experience in the in the playoffs. And I would just let it play out because I I think right. realistically, if you look at this with a critical eye, you, you're missing two big pieces. And uh, with the health and COVID and everything else, um, you really can't you can't predict or you can't really you know kind of say okay with certainty or some level of certainty. If I do this and make this move, then we are in the Eastern Conference. Sure, Finals. sure, if there was certainty, but obviously there's not. And the fact is that they do have, they have gotten a lot out of these players. They've hit this skid recently, and, and they're dealing with some injuries. Yeah, I, I would not like to see them do anything too risky 
for the future, but maybe somebody else does. 312-332-3776. Should the Bulls be active at the trade deadline on February 10th? What do you make of those projections? That seems r- really surprising to me. I, w- I was really, sh- when I looked it up, I was just, you know, okay, well, well, you know, here we are, and they're way ahead of schedule. They're a fun team to watch. It's uh, appointment TV. If you're, you've been a Bulls fan your whole life, it's now enjoyable to tune in because last few seasons, you, you, if you have to do it for a living, you could barely stomach watching a half, let alone a game. So you're encouraged by all of it. DeMar DeRozan, yep. I mean, how he's seamlessly fit in and helped out Zach and all that. But I was thinking, okay, you're atop the, uh, the conference, and you have a 90% chance, according to 538, to be in a playoff team. That would make sense. But then on me, it just falls off the cliff. That's, I mean, that's just, the point that's really uh, uh, mind-boggling. And, and, and they have you, going into yesterday's game, they project the Bulls are going to be squarely a 21-21 and 21 team as <laughs> right. they finish the regular season. It's like, what, well, what happened? Yeah. yeah. And, and so to me, it speaks to their needs, and it speaks to maybe, well, their schedule's getting tougher. And it speaks to also maybe the conference not, you know, they, they were – they're getting fed off of uh, a conference that maybe it's not as good as we, as I thought it was going in, you know, early part of the season. Yeah. Before we hit break, we're going to jump on the phones here. JB from Evanston tells us uh, he wants to give us a little advice. Hey, JB. Okay. Uh, I would remain calm right now. Don't <laughs> panic if I'm the front office. Here's the thing. Uh, it's obvious that it's shown now how important Alex Caruso is mm-hmm. to the defensive yeah. identity of this team. He's, he's very important, in fact, critical. The other thing is that I would not panic and make a deal and sacrifice the future and everything of this team. I would calmly look at the buyout market and see what power forwards are available from the buyout market, and that way you don't have to give up any assets. Sounds like a plan. Yeah, that does sound like a plan. And you know what? We certainly don't trust Hallis Hall, but we trust uh, Bulls front office a little more, don't we? Thanks, JB. Why wouldn't you? I mean, in the short time they've been here. Absolutely. They have showed us something. They've been aggressive when you didn't even see it coming with the Vucevic trade. And uh, going to get DeRozan. I mean, it's, it's an attractive place forever. That has been my concern, Mark, is that this front office couldn't attract players. And as much as the league's all about recruiting, you know, we saw it down in Miami to start and, and elsewhere in Brooklyn now. It's it's like, well, okay, who's going to be – can Zach, does he have a big enough uh, name recognition to start getting people in here? But once you see that this organization is back on track uh, and they actually have, you know, people with a plan and with, the, you know, something going on between the ears – it's now starting to look like free agents will start paying attention and, and making and this will be a destination. A yep. Yeah, right. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Taking your calls up till noon. It's Hanley and Xander here on ESPN One Thousand. Back in two minutes.